As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's not me, it's absolutely you. Hey everybody, I'm back. Yep. I no. I am not in Las Vegas anymore. I'm in Chicago. That's right, the mean streets of Bartlett, Illinois. It's a tough life for the kids out here. Lots of green grass, big garages. And uh kid next door has an iPhone better than yours. And what do you got there? I got the 6. You got the 6, huh? The new one. Hmm. I see you got uh, more memory than mine. Yeah. What do you think you're going to get next, maybe? I think I'm going to get a GoPro. You get a GoPro? Yeah, my friend has one. They got the old one, though. Let me get the new one. Oh. Huh. Why don't you uh, get a uh, drone? Yeah, my friend has a drone. He's flewing around my neighborhood. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, drones are cool. Ugh. So yeah, back here in Chicago, trying to get back on schedule, doing a few things. And before I left there, you know, I knew I was going to be leaving the next day. So the days were winding down for me. And I wanted to uh, give everybody back the stuff I borrowed while I was there and had some last-minute dinner stuff. I wanted to try a few different places because I knew I wasn't going to be there anymore. And I went out and, you know, I said bye to everyone. Bye! 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 And I packed my suitcase. took a while because it's like I had so much stuff. You know, it's like uh, Diana Ross was... On vacation. Touch me in the and got it all packed in. Went to bed early. You know, finished seeing the last bit of the the casino downstairs. Just kind of looked around at it. Then just went up to the room. Woke up the next day, already packed, ready to go. Put on the pants, the shirt, no buckles, no belts. Because, you know, you're traveling. Airport security, those people. And then, you know, went downstairs, got my stuff all in front of the lobby. And went to check out and she goes, you know, Mr. Monaco, you still have another day here. And I'm like, I don't think so. Pretty sure this is the day. Going home Monday. That's that's the time I go. I got to get back. And uh, she said, okay, well. Hope you had a nice stay. Here you go. You're all checked out. Thank you. 
And I was walking, you know, to the parking garage at my stuff and just wanted to check my ticket. And um, I look at the ticket and it's for tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I wasn't aware. I thought it was Monday. Mm. Just went back up to the room, dropped everything off and went to Starbucks. Didn't really do anything different. Thought I should have drove around a while and maybe seen some more stuff. Because there's always more stuff you can see. But I, I went back to the room and did some editing for four hours. I don't know. That's, I don't know what's wrong with me. And just went out for dinner. Got some different stuff this time because I had an extra day. Then uh, went to bed this time, you know, a little later actually because I was thinking about it before it caught me off guard. This one I was thinking about, so it was up for a little bit. Finally fell asleep, woke up, and then actually left the next day. Got over to the airport, returned the rent-a-car. They were kind of jerks. And then I just uh, got a good spot on the plane, though. She put me in a window seat right up in front, like right behind the first-class people. The next row, basically, is, is just like being in first-class except but all the lobster and lasagna people taking their shoes off hmm. so flew back here to Chicago and had a couple of days to get ready for uh, Farm Rock which is in Wakanda, Illinois not too far from here gonna have a hotel room for a couple of days I was told so wanted to get home a little earlier and go over the tunes and get ready to play the show which I'll talk about in a bit. But first, I want to tell you that my glasses are not fitting very well. Something's going on with the hinges. And they keep slipping down. And they're all stretched out now. Because I keep getting marks on my nose. So they tell you if you bend, you know, the part that goes over your ear down a little bit, you change the angle, which takes the pressure off your nose. So I've been slowly doing that more and more to the point to where people are noticing. And they're like, how come your glasses are all bent and weird? And maybe it's affecting the vision, too, for all I know. Because it's not flat anymore, right? It's angled. So I've been trying to bend them back, and now they're too loose. Ugh. All right, well, anyways. Past couple days, been getting ready for the show, going over some stuff, like I was saying. And, uh... I also had an acoustic set that I had to play the night before. So I tried some new tunes, some of the ones that I played at the Hard Rock Cafe, but um, I tried to do it, you know, without reading it. So I memorized them and, you know, and learn all the words. So I'm trying to do that a little bit and trying to get my guitar playing back up to speed. And, you know... Then next thing you know, it's Friday, and it's time. Put everything in the car, get up to the hotel, situate myself, do some last-minute reviewing, and then over to Farm Rock. Once I used to think that I would know. Once I used to always be alone. Waiting on the one that never comes. Would you give your heart to me? And would you be all that I need? We'd love the day away With nothing much to say And then be on our way
they had a nice little setup in the back there. You know, they had like a little acoustic PA and everything. A little area with the lights out on the patio on the deck. It was going to be uh, an all-night event. I was first, uh, since I'm kind of the lowest. The totem pole, a rock there. I'd be higher up if it was like a uh, a block party or something like in my cul-de-sac. I'd for sure be headlining. And I got there and I went on about 8.30. Me and Eric Donner did some percussion, sang some harmonies. I thought it sounded pretty good. Pretty good little PA out there. It's loud. Had a good vibe because everybody sat in like Indian style in a half circle. A couple rows deep. There's some people back in chairs back there smoking and just being outside enjoying the the nice summer weather. And I played uh, one of my tunes. A Burt Bacharach song. Butch Walker. An Arctic Monkey song. And a couple Donny V tunes because... They're really good. I just really like them. Just wanted to try a bunch of different stuff and mix it up. Thought that would be interesting. And they wouldn't uh, let me leave. They wanted one more. It wasn't really a chant as so much it was a, you know, I think they needed to fill for time. Because uh, Michael Sweet wasn't ready yet. He's probably on his way. I think he travels by jet, even locally. So I... Uh, you know, played, they wanted to hear Fly High Michelle. Yeah, so I played it. I thought it sounded okay. I mean, every time I play these songs, to me, it's it's just not the sound of the guy singing it. It should be his voice, and I get that. I think it sounds fine, but it's still not the same to me. I tried to do my best to get it close. And Eric sang the harmonies and played some uh, percussion. And they all sang along. It's the only thing they sort of knew all night. But I heard it sounded pretty good in the room. And uh, that was it for our night. Then we got to hang out and have a couple beers. And then uh, Michael Sweet from Striper, he went up and sang right after me. And then we had uh, Kip Winger. Kip Winger's nice. He's good, too. Some really crazy guitar stuff going on. He had a 12-string and brought some up to play bongos, some chorus and some... Compression on his guitar, hitting all the high notes. Then John Karabi, he was really good. Got up there and kind of got that backwater kind of sound going. Took a wow, wow, wow. Did his thing and everyone knew all the words. And I was getting kind of tired. My feet hurt because I was wearing these fancy shoes I got. They're, they look cool, but it kind of hurt. And so I just went back to the hotel and gonna go to bed because I was super tired you know from whatever I did during the day which probably wasn't a lot but I'm still trying to get my uh, my time zones together here so I was a little tired and uh, about to go to bed and I, I can't find the drapes I, I can't there's the ones that stay stationary those don't pull so usually there's the ones where you, you know the heavy duty ones you close them because that light's coming in real soon you got to set yourself up so you're, you're okay with that in the morning. You don't want that. So I spent like half the night trying to find these drapes. I was, I had a couple drinks, but I wasn't like, you know, really, really drunk. So I don't know how it happened. It's like a magic trick. And I couldn't find the drapes. So I, I just laid down, went to sleep, kept thinking about it. 
got up to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I got to do something about this. I, what can I do? I put stuff up on the windows? No. So I just took a, I took the couch cushions off and I put them under the sink in the bathroom and I just grabbed all the sheets and I went in there and I closed the door and it was pitch black. And I slept under the sink in the bathroom. I, my leg fell asleep halfway through then I was moving around. So I didn't really get to sleep very well. It it was actually kind of a lame sleep. It wasn't the ones where you think that you didn't sleep at all, but you only sort of know you did because you remember you had bits and pieces of like four different dreams. So I knew I slept a little, but I wasn't feeling like 100% when I woke up and I was kind of, you know, mad. And then I went out there and I looked I looked again and I found them. They were just tucked in like <laughs> could happen to anybody, okay? It's just tucked in like really far in. Like further than I would have thought to look. Just spoiled, I guess. Usually I find the drapes immediately. So then I found them and I was like, ugh. So then I just, you know, by that time it was time to, you know, wake up and kind of get it together. Washed my hair, which was a huge mistake. If you're ever in a hotel, don't wash your hair the day of the show. And if you do, don't use their shampoo. So I'll fly away and just horrible and poofy. But it kind of fit right in with the whole day. And, you know, I just went up there and uh, enough's enough was going on at 2.40. So it was kind of warm. You couldn't, you couldn't really have asked for any better weather. I mean, it was a little hot, but hey, you know, it wasn't raining, it wasn't snowing. 2.30 is a little early if you ask me. There were some bands before us. Uh, Prophets of Addiction, my good friend Leslie Sanders, who's extremely aware of his surroundings now. He never used to be. Cleaned up his act. And uh, Jimmy Mess, who isn't really a mess at all. He's got it together pretty good. Skinny. The Las Vegas went on. Those guys are good. They're from here. Or I think they are. They don't take any guff. So... They were up there. They rocked. And then uh, the band right before us is a bunch of young kids, like a school of rock kind of thing. They were really good. The guitar player was excellent. Played Eruption and some other stuff. And uh, gave them a little bit of a shout-out on stage. Got the crowd a little fired up. And we went up there, and I thought we had a pretty good set. Hmm. Played the usuals, but mixed it up a little bit. And we almost went over time, so we couldn't play new things, so we just ended with Fly High Michelle. It seems to be a crowd favorite. And But after that, I was done. I could have literally went home, but you're not going to go home. There's all kinds of guys walking around, bands and people coming up to you, saying hi, taking pictures. They had a good time, the people, I think. You know, uh, Dave Schenkel played the national anthem, and uh, Dave Yurk played it the following day, because you can never be too patriotic. But they sounded good. Both versions were absolutely recognizable. Uh, last time I tried to play the national anthem, it sounded just like the uh, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. In my defense, I was watching a lot of Hogan's Heroes at the time, and I got the two songs confused. It could happen to anyone. And 
then the bigger bands started playing later on. Trickster played right after us. And after Trickster, uh, after I yelled at the sound man to unmute the lead vocal, but the hi-hat sounded great. Ugh. Then I want to say um, Vixen and then Kicks. Kicks is solid. They're always good. Solid dudes. And Slaughter, Flight of the Angels. Still sings really high like that. I thought it sounded pretty good. And then I think Dokken went up and played. John Dokken. He's crazy. They actually played twice. They played the next day, too. Um, something to do with their contract. Or it was in their contract that they would punish the crowd twice. And then I think um, Sebastian Bach got up there and showed everybody what's up. And then immediately after that, Night Ranger, Brad Gillis. Grew up listening to him, playing with Ozzy, of course, with my friend Kerry Kelly, who was excellent on guitar. Guy's great. And they sounded really good. Sister Christian, all those huge hits. They did sound really good. They have a lot of good songs. That's what it comes down to, everybody. The songs. Okay? And they had some good ones. So I thought they were good. And then I watched most of uh, the Night Ranger set. And then I went back to the hotel and I went to bed. I actually went to the lobby a little bit and uh, we hung out downstairs where everybody was hanging out in the bar. And then the next day was Sunday. I didn't really have to play or do anything, so kind of got there a little later on. I missed a couple of the first bands. I know Valeside played. They're good friends of ours. And Steelheart. Then uh, Chips Enough got up on the mic in between bands and welcomed everybody to Rocklahoma. The uh, train has definitely left the station with that guy. And, uh, John Karabi, Firehouse. People really enjoyed Firehouse. They had some good uh, crowd participation going in there. People knew the words. Of course, Quiet Riot. Can't go wrong with Quiet Riot. Like I said, Doc can play twice. And they're good. You know, it's fine. Breaking the change. Breaking the chains. No one's breaking any change there. It's all credit cards nowadays. And uh, Alone Again, Into the Fire. I know them all. I mean, I used to listen to that album over and over again. George Lynch, of course. Sultry, smoothing tones of George Lynch. He's not in the band anymore, but the new guy's really good. John Levine. Levin? Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Then uh, Tom Kiefer who uh, kicked everyone's ass. He's great. The band sounds great. Big band. Lots of organ and piano and stuff. Fills up the room really good. And they just did that uh, Joe Cocker tune. And everybody sang along. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Beatles did it. But he did the Joe Cocker version. And that was really good, real touching. And then uh, immediately after that, Extreme played. Who to me is like a musician's band. I mean, they got, of course, you know, More Than Words and three other songs that I kind of know. But for the most part, they're just like really good players. They're proficient. You know, there's no real show going on for me, but they're all really good. Of course, Nuno Betancourt. (laughs) 
who hates me now. I'll tell you about that. But at that point, you know, it's late. The crowd's all there to stay. You got their attention. The lighting's great. The sound is getting louder and louder. Just sounds good and, you know, the headliners. So I stayed for as much as that as I could. I think I left like halfway through. I wasn't bored. I just, I was tired. My feet hurt from walking around those stupid shoes. So I went back to the uh, hotel. And people started all uh, filing into the bar area and hanging out down there. Wild Mick Brown. He was fun. Had a good time with him. It's pretty hilarious. Um, Alex Grassi from Quiet Riot. Chuck Wright from Quiet Riot, who I hadn't talked to Chuck, you know, too much. But just talking to him for the few minutes that I did down in the bar, he was actually a really nice guy. I like him a lot. And uh, just never talked to him before for some reason. But uh, he was really nice to me. And he was at a jam night, actually, in Hollywood. That is getting pretty big. So if you're in Hollywood, check out his jam night. I think it's at Lucky Strike or something cool place like that. Um, and then, you know, people's getting kind of crazy down there. People are buying drinks and falling over. Luke Carl was in the his hay. Eddie Trunk was signing autographs. Uh, and Chips Enough showed up later and was kind of hanging out at the bar and just a bunch of people. And then, they, you know, they're going to close the bar down. Lights go on. And uh, everybody found their true love and went upstairs to the room. Saw some, uh, some love, uh, fall apart that night and I saw some love uh, grow love grew at farm rock on the farm and uh, you know who am I to stand in the way of love I like to call it the steak and lobster effect and uh, in the morning it was the ham and cheese same thing though and you know it's uh, two people like each other want to start a new Life together. You know, who am I to stand in the way of that? Especially when the lobster's breath can melt the paint off the side of a fire truck. Or it smells like where they moved the rock in front of Christ's tomb or a dead bird. The power of Christ compels you! But some people just, you know, that's part of just relationships. You just roll with it. Me personally, I have no patience for that. The breath is a deal breaker for me. And I just have a problem with when people are together for a long period of time. And then it's unfortunate that it falls apart or something doesn't work out because it's happened to me. And then immediately one of them's on to the next thing. Almost flaunting it. Walking around like a little peacock. You know, no shame. I'm out there. Look at me. It's disrespectful and I don't like it. I get that you got to, you know, go on with your life. But when it's really quick like that, it just makes you feel like, well, then the other thing wasn't real. All the effort we put into it, all the things we went through, all the um, the planning and the vacations, all that. Nothing. Could have been anybody. Right? I don't like it. It's mean and it hurts the other person. How do you think they feel when they see that happening? So you want to walk around like rock star royalty? Well, you're just being mean. And I don't like it. 
But everybody seemed to have a good time that night. And then we just hung out late into the hours of the morning. I know um, my friend Kev lost his phone, or so he said he did. It's the guitar tech for Quite Right. Good guy. He owes me a, a sushi dinner, by the way. And he lives in Las Vegas. I tried to help him find it for like an hour. He was all bummed out. Just a $800 phone, that's all. You know, he's all pissed off. I didn't lose it. So I helped him look for it, tried calling it. The next morning, I seen a bunch of selfies of him on the airplane, so I'm thinking he found it. It's good for him, too, because uh, I know what it's like to lose your phone, and that's why I was very adamant about helping him find it, because I've been there, and I know what it feels like. It's your whole life in that thing. So we're hanging out there and looking for, and then uh, Nuno Betancourt shows up, and you know I'm standing out in front kind of by the doors. Out there, Chip was out there and some people. And uh, I didn't really know him, and I had a couple of drinks. But he was just really good, and I felt like I had to say something, of course, because I just don't know when not to say anything. So I just walked up to him, and it's like, hey, man, you know, you sounded awesome tonight. You're really good. Guitar playing was killer. Um, yeah, your tone was great. It was just awesome. I mean, for me, I could have heard a little more high end out of the mains, and that was it. I just don't know when to stop. Who would say that, right? Oh, then he goes, uh, oh, he's like pointing at me. <laughs> he goes, oh, so you're lying. So my tone wasn't great. He's like, hey, man, I don't mix the front house, you know? And I'm like, no, no, that's not what I meant. He goes, sounded pretty crunchy on stage. And he was like kind of smiling and kind of pointing at me as he's walking away. He had that long, beautiful hair and he's chiseled. We were both wearing tank tops. So, and, and I was like, no, no, that's not what I meant. And he walked away and I'm like, oh, God, why did, why do I say anything about the high end? And I didn't mean it like in a bad way because I mean, he was really ripping. The guy's great. There's, you know, whatever they're doing. And, um, so I just didn't know what else to say. And every time I'm around someone that I kind of like, I always say stupid stuff. I've told you already about like when I met Dexter at the airport, I referred to him as Dexter the entire time. So, so, you know, after that whole night, then I was kind of bummed out. I'm like, Oh, why did you say that? Why did you say that? Why did you say that? If I would have went back and had another chance, I I probably would have said the same thing because it's just the truth. And I wasn't so much mad that he was mad at me. I was mad because I'm thinking, He's kind of a lot like me, I kind of noticed. I probably would have said that. I might have said it a little differently because I don't really didn't know him well. So if he was joking around with me, then that's awesome because then we're kind of friends. I don't know if we don't really know each other that well. And now he for sure doesn't want to know me. Talking about his high end. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, but and I was mad because of that. I'm like, maybe I am the idiot. Maybe I'm the one who shouldn't have said anything. But he called me out on it, and that's you know that's what you do. When he, he looked like he was like, like a real honest, straightforward shooting guy, didn't look like a poser. Kind of walked around like, whatever, you know. I get that. I like that. He talked to the fans. He was very smiley and happy and cheerful. Took a bunch of pictures. And there was a young girl there that Lexi, who's really infatuated with the Nuno. He took some time for her and spoke to her a little bit before he went up. Uh, I think he just floated upstairs to his room. He may have been in the elevator, but I'd like to think he floated. Like an angel. An angel of sorts. Chiseled angel. 
with great cheekbones. And then uh, after that, you know, I, I just was like the last guy to leave. Like, what's everybody doing? I, I wasn't really drunk. I was more tired. But there were some real drunk people there. And it was pretty good. And I watched some people cry a little bit. And some other person fell. And there was really not a whole lot, you know, of action. Well, I just went upstairs and, you know, got a late checkout. The guy in the elevator worked there. I'm like, who do I got to talk to to get a lead checkout? He goes, what room number are you in? And I told him, he's like, two o'clock. I'm like, two o'clock? That's awesome. I didn't stay that late, but it's good to know that I could have. I just went to bed, woke up the next day, got in the car, and uh, drove myself home. Took the long way. Not by choice. I just have a problem with my navigation. And the problem is, I don't know how to use it. And so at that time, I was really tired. I got home. I'd started unpacking all my stuff. My mom was talking to me, and hmm, farm rock was over. And that's Freddie, Frederick Entertainment. He is a great guy. He's the guy that set it all up. He's responsible for everything. He is just a hard worker. A lot of you guys know him. Stefan Jensen over at Warren Star. It was like a Warren Star convention there. So many Warren Star shirts. I felt like, you know, I didn't know what was going on over there for the takeover. But uh, he's a good guy. I'm waiting for the Warren Star socks to come out. Because I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, fancy socks. Mm, I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of people. My friend Brad, B-Rad, and uh, Karen, they came out and hung out, talked a little bit. Brad's a great drummer. He's played a bunch of bands, F&R. Oh, our friend Dave O'Paul, he was there. Dave was there earlier, and then Dave O was there. He stayed up with me pretty late. It's like three, four in the morning. He's a blast. You got to check his stuff out. He's a great uh, photographer, videographer. Plays bass in a band now. Does all kinds of stuff. He was actually the first guy to uh, to like my podcast and follow me. So that's something. We'll always have that. Uh, Carrie Shanker, another friend of Dave O's. Lives in Arizona now. Couldn't take the weather here. I agree. Uh, on the downside, though, there is no Portillo's there. So, but he is adjusting. Laney was working there and running around, checking everything out, as well as uh, Whitney, who also works for Frederick Entertainment. She always does a great job, and she's looking great. Really a nice girl. She's going to go to nursing school. Tony the Shark LaBarbera who I believe owns the uh, Star Bar now. He was there enjoying the day. Got to talk to him and his lovely wife for a little bit. Big things coming up for them. Gerald Guzman. Gerald Guzmania. Love Gerald Guzman. He's a good guy. He's always there for you. You know, plays guitar. He does all kinds of stuff. He was just hanging out there with all of us. We were all having a good time. Gerald and mine's friend Becky Stars was in the house. She's a big Kiss fan. She's a good girl. My friend Erica, she has a company called Neat Knobs. It's little stickers that you put above the knobs on your amp, and you can mark your settings on the sticker instead of the amp. That way no one in Dokken will be able to um, change your tone. You'll always know how much mid-range you have. So check those out. That's Neat Knobs. I think they're a sponsor. Um, Ral Donner was there. That's Eric's brother. 
You'd think he'd be spending most of the time looking for his lost phone, but no, that was my job. And then when I gave it back to him, he was like, oh, that's where it is, thanks. Told him to stop drinking. He said, you're right. And then proceeded to drink an entire beer. Bruce and Elise Hausfeld were there, hair by Elise. If you need your hair rock and rolled out, that's where you want to go. Good friends of mine, known each other a long, long time. My friend Jimmy Kapchek, who has actually helped me along the way here with the podcast stuff, uh, always picks up the phone when I call him with some technical questions because he knows Pro Tools 12 a little better than me because uh, I've been using uh, version 5.2.2 for the past 15 years. But hey, I'm just a little set in my ways. But you either grow or you die. And uh, I'm learning. Hung out with a nice family from Canada, Sean Sand and his lovely wife and kids, who are beautiful, Heather Sand. Her face and skin are just so smooth. I mean, she's beautiful. I mean, all the kids, they were so pretty. I wanted to make lampshades out of all their skins. Just porcelain dolls. Great looking bunch. Extremely nice, very polite. And their mother, who is also very pretty, is not afraid to use the term oriental in public. Which, you know, people should take more chances nowadays like Canadians do. I told them they didn't have to stand for the national anthem, but they were already standing. Uh, They're a great couple. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of people. I can't think off the top of my head right now. I'm just, you know, I don't have any notes, which I should probably do that. I don't even have an iPad. And I thought it was a real good time. Got to see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while. Some people that I see all the time that I didn't really need to see again. But for the most part, I thought everybody had fun at Farm Rock 2015. And I want to do it again. I'll probably do it a little earlier next year. Because I think Labor Day kind of puts the kibosh on everything. And also I heard the Harlem Globetrotters were in town. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you'll keep listening and downloading and leaving comments. And I will see you next time. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 